You know, we have um, heard the news, as we mentioned before Mass, about what is happening in the Ukraine, and we ask for prayers, fasting, penances, if you are able. But I think the question now can be asked, is Fatima being fulfilled? You know, Mary has been asking us, not just at Fatima, but of course, primarily at Fatima, but Akita and others, to pray, do penance, and to convert. Now you might say, Father, I've been doing those things. Well, now we need to persevere. And if we haven't been, which is probably more so, we need to begin. You know, Mary at Fatima did not warn of the ears of the Soviet Union. Some of you might have gotten letters, Father, well, the, the Soviet Union has fallen. Mary didn't warn of the ears of the Soviet Union. She aired of the ears, warned of the ears of Russia and that it would spread if these things weren't done. It's interesting because with Putin in charge, Putin in charge, he is of the KGB. He is of the old Russian guard, like it was before the fall of the Soviet Union. Many claim that he's trying to restore that former Soviet Union. But aside from that, we're not here to talk about the politics of it. So please put your pen down as you're starting to write the letter. <laughs> Mary asked for consecration of Russia before conversion of Russia could happen. But what most people do is they end there. They forget that Mary also asked for first Saturdays. This is where I think we have failed. Many churches now don't even offer first Saturday devotions on Saturday morning. So Mary said for the conversion of Russia to happen, not only would it have to be consecrated, and whether or not you believe the consecration has happened or not, really, this sounds crazy, but doesn't matter if we haven't done the second part, the first Saturdays. Mary asked that this happened. Why do we do first Saturdays? So that we can become pure like her immaculate heart, to leave sin behind, and to have an immaculate heart and make our heart like hers. This is the call of the first Saturdays. Now, today's reading is about eliminating sin in our life and having an immaculate heart, pure without sin. Interesting. You know, Putin would not cut off his right hand because that would mean a loss of power. That would make him powerless. So the heart of the ears of Russia are the opposite of cutting off one's right hand. They're about maintaining the fist of power, the grip of power, um, making other things more important than God, such as power. Mary said Russia won't be converted until both these things happen, the consecration and the first Saturdays. So please, please, please consider doing the first Friday or first Saturday coming up next weekend. Next weekend is a first Saturday 
If you don't know what Mary asked, just join us, Mary and Fathers, at 11 o'clock a.m. on Saturday. I will be leading us first in a short talk on Marian apparitions, and then we are going to pray together the first Saturday devotions. If you don't join us, that's fine. Go to your parish. Do it in your own home. Find another church that's streaming it online. Whatever you got to do, please do the first Saturdays. This is what Mary said is the key. The key to everything, and we're not doing it. And it's so simple. All we have to do is get to confession or make a spiritual act of contrition if we can't get out of your home. Receive Holy Communion. Or again, make an act of spiritual communion, which we'll read at the end of communion here if you can't leave your home. Then pray the rosary and then meditate for 15 minutes on one or more of the rosary mysteries. It's not that hard. If our Lord, if we came together and join us again on Saturday or do it however you want, but if our Lord sees us giving our heart to him and trying to fashion it after the immaculate heart of Mary, I promise you there will be peace. Why do I promise that? Because Mary promised it. You know, how do we read the Bible today and how's it connected? What is this passage about cutting off your right hand have to do with what we're talking about? A lot. All right, so the first question I have is, do we read the Bible literally? You've probably heard me say this before, but then I'm going to get into some new stuff I've never mentioned. But do we read the Bible as literally true? Now, after this passage, probably most people would say no. But the answer to do we read the Bible as literally true is actually yes. Well, then you have the problem. Well, Father, you want me to cut off my right hand? No. Here's the issue. We don't read the Bible as literalists, Vatican II tells us. Literally true is different from reading the Bible as literalists. Literalists mean we, lit, we, we really would get a saw and cut off our hand. We do not read the Bible that way as literalists. But the Bible is literally true in the sense the message it's trying to convey is true. And what is the message of this passage? If there's something in your life causing you to sin, get rid of it. You have to get rid of it. We actually don't cut off our hand or pluck out our eye, but in one sense, the meaning is true, the literal meaning. It's literally true because the meaning of what the author is trying to convey is true. If there's someone or something causing you to sin, as I said, get rid of it, a person or a thing. Jesus speaks in hyperbole. This is true. Um, for instance, if I said to you today, I've used this example before, but it fits well here. If I said to you today, I have a thousand things I got to do today, am I lying? Hmm. In a literalist sense, yeah, I don't have 1,000. If you followed me around today, I will not have you, I can't come up with a thousand things to do. But in a literal sense, the meaning is I'm buried. I've got so much to do today, it's going to be another 18-hour day. So I'm not lying. In a literal sense, there's a ton to do, but maybe not 
a literalist 1,000. This is what our Lord is talking about here. Now, so Jesus speaking in this way, the Bible gives us an idea of how our Lord speaks through perbole, uh, parables and hyperboles. Now, what does this all mean? So what does Jesus mean by telling us to cut off our hand or to pluck out our eye? All right, drastic measures need to be taken to avoid sin. Drastic. Grave sins, if mortal, because remember, all grave sins may not be mortal. You need knowledge and free will. But grave sins, if they're mortal, merit hell. How do we know that? We just read it. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than into Gehenna with both eyes. Right there. The passage we just read says these grave sins, if mortal, merit hell. A reality that nobody talks about anymore. Now, avoiding them requires us to take serious action. Serious, so action, so serious that Christ equates it to dismemberment. Wow. John Chrysostom, listen to this, said severing limbs signifies the amputation of friends or things that drag us into sin. Amputate. Doctor, we got to amputate. Amputate those people or things that are leading us into sin. This is common a lot of times among boyfriends and girlfriends. Don't you love me, honey? If you love me, you'll show me your love. You'll express me your love. But we're not married yet. It doesn't matter. You need to show me you love me. And it's so difficult for a person to understand that the true love is respecting that person and not dragging them into sin. Yes, I love you. But I love you too much to put your soul into jeopardy. That is a rare but necessary answer. If someone is leading us to sin, they must be cut away. Or a thing. There's a particular thing, your computer, or certain things you have that are leading you into sin. Cut it off. What's your God? Sex, money, power? Cut it off. That's why Putin... To cut off his right hand would be cutting off power. Not going to do it. This is why we need to pray for the situation. It is better for us to enter into heaven without them than to maintain their company in eternal misery. So you might think it's charitable to maintain a relationship to show someone you love them and sin with them. But Jesus is saying otherwise here. It's actually better to, and these are the words of our Lord, enter heaven without those people or things than maintain their company in Gehenna. Hmm. This is where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched, as the passage says. The saints tell us in Gehenna and hell, the suffering never ends. It's like being on fire, but never burning completely where it's finally over. Very, very poignant. 
not to be a downer, but this is a truth that our Lord is teaching us. To let someone who is headed in this direction, that's not love. Love is stopping someone from heading in that direction. That's why act of mercy is called admonish the sinner. Our world has forgotten this today. The Lord here is talking about those who cause others to sin, the worst kind, publicly. Notice our Lord says for those who cause others to sin, it'd be better if they weren't born. In other words, he didn't say sinning privately, which is bad enough, but those who cause others to sin. This is why public sin is so serious. It could be one of the worst kind of sins because it makes others feel, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's doing it. The consequences that await those who cause scandal are worse than being drowned by a millstone, our Lord says. This is a wake-up call. You know, things in our society today, like remarrying without an annulment, abortion, same-sex marriage, transgenderism, please be careful in supporting these things publicly. This is what our Lord is talking about. Because when we support these things publicly, especially a parent, your children grow up thinking there's nothing wrong with them. And now we have led them into sin. Maybe not directly, but very seriously in an indirect manner. So we have to be careful when supporting these types of things publicly because it leads others to accept it. This is why it is so hard for Catholics not to attend same-sex weddings. Very hard. Our love of the people want us to be there. The love of our family wants us to be there, but we can't celebrate sin. We can't condone it. Even that of a family member. That's not love. That's false charity. And so this message is not easy. Am I saying it's easy? No way. Am I saying that I've always followed it? No. But I pray for the grace to try to follow it. Jesus said it's not easy to be his disciple. You have to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. Here's a perfect example. Nobody wants to be Debbie Downer. Nobody. But really, in the end, it's ear in the upper because you're, you're, you're lifting those by not condoning a wrong direction. Probably the most common today is cohabitation. This one is a scandal for a Catholic, even though the entire society accepts it. Well, you need to live together. You need to test drive the car before you buy it. You need to live together to see, save financially. Well, if you're living as brother and sister, but many are not. This is the most common, probably, of Catholics causing scandals because we let our own children, our own siblings do it, and we say nothing. We support it. It's not easy. It's really hard. What we know is that the scriptures make clear that this is not allowed. But our society says it's good. 
so we have difficulty and a challenge to face. Jesus in the gospel yesterday said, you're for me or against me. We're having to make choices today. And one of the big choices is following to be pure in heart like Mary. So to finish, our Lord then says that you are sealed with fire, salted with fire. What does that mean? Salted with fire. This includes the purifying suffering of penance that is needed to avoid sin and bad habits. Such fire tests us as Christians, our commitment. Are we going to follow God's laws or cave to society? If you are refined by temporal fire, St. John Chrysostom says, if you are refined by temporal fire in this world, he said, you will be spared the unquenchable fire in the next world. So trials and tests in this world are purifying. The result, eternal life. So I'll finish with a quote that I heard long ago. I don't even know what saint said it, but it stuck with me. Because one of the most common things Mary said at Fatima that causes the loss of souls is sexual sins. She said there are more souls in hell for sexual sins than any other. Even though other saints have said sins of weakness are not the worst sins, and I would qualify that as maybe a sin of weakness. So either way. But I heard a quote once, and I've repeated it in the confessional before, that I think is very powerful. And the quote goes like this. To resist one strong sexual, illicit sexual temptation is to pass a greater test than that faced by Lucifer and his demons at the time of the fall. Wow. To resist one strong, sexual, illicit sexual temptation, to resist that is to pass a greater test than even that faced by Lucifer and his demons at the time of the fall. Amazing. So if Mary warned us at Fatima that one of the biggest problems of our culture is free-for-all sexuality, redefining marriage, cohabitation. If she said this is one of the biggest problems that caused us to lose our way, let us now pray do First Saturdays to make Our Lady's request of Fatima fulfilled. One of the reasons I think Russia invading the Ukraine may be a beginning of the fulfillment of Fatima is because Our Lady says, if you don't do this, then Russia will continue to spread her errors. Have we had our chance? Is it too late? Have those errors now been spread starting last night? We don't know. But let's take this because Our Lady will always accept our prayer. It's never too late. Let us pray for peace in the Ukraine, to make reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary for the blasphemies against her Immaculate Heart, 
pray, penance, and conversion, especially against these sins that plague our society. Again, sorry for the non-uplifting homily, <laughs> but it is a homily that we need of truth, a homily that gives us hope if we listen. So, Father, where's the hope in this? Pray, penance, conversion. We do that. We do our first Saturdays. God will bring peace. God will bring healing. God will bring mercy. We just have to ask for it. Pray, penance, conversion. It's pretty easy. We just have to do it. Praise be to God that he's giving us still the opportunity. It's not too late. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.